It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but it for those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patient needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 293 of the three-point podcast. We're presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer, including big discounts for 2024. Also want to thank the good folks at AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a fun show. Sam Ali of Fox 66 in Mid-Michigan Now is going to join us again. Take a look at uh, recapping uh, the football season we just completed and taking a look at some winter sports. But as we always like to do, we play a little catch-up. Let me just start this off, fellas. Last uh, Saturday night, we got a call out of the blue on Saturday afternoon and uh, a friend of ours wanted to know if we wanted a couple of tickets to go see the show at the Lebowski Center, Holiday at Lebowski. And I, I got to tell you guys, I, I, I was going to tweet something. I was going to put something on social media, but I thought I'd save it for this. I'm, I'm going to tell you what a real fantastic show. I mean, kudos to everybody involved, the director, Garrett Bradley. I mean, the sets, the costuming was tremendous. The singers were great. And the choreography and dancers was top notch. I mean, for a little local production, I mean, hats off, man. It was awesome. You know, and it, it really got me in the Christmas mood. You know, <laughs> we all love Christmas music. I mean, who yeah, doesn't, yeah. right? But we got yeah. to see it live. You saw dancing going along with it, the background stuff. I mean, it was just tremendous. Three, 3.0 on the three-point podcast scale for entertainment on a Saturday night. Nice. I, I had some friends, actually. They were there Saturday night. And... I've had some friends go, I think, because they, I think they did the show multiple nights. Yeah, they did. So some friends that went, went some different nights. And then some of my family and, and friends have gone to different shows at Lebowski previously, you know, last holiday season, you know, all that. And 
Yeah, Lebowski, it's just a cool venue, first of all. It's a cool, classic, old awesome. theater. It is. Awesome. It, it's still, it's really nice. It's not like it's crumbling or, you know, anything like that. It's a, it's a really cool, classic venue. But they do. They they put on quality shows. It, if you want to go to the theater, you know, and get, get a little bit of a mini Broadway, I guess. It, it, you know, downtown Owasso, you, you can go out to eat, make a little evening of it. It, it is really cool. It really is. And it's affordable too, you know, and that's right. the other neat thing. And I mean, I'm not kidding. You could go to the Wharton center. You could go to some of the places on Broadway. You're not going to see anything a whole lot better than what, what I saw Saturday night. So high praise. That is, that is awesome. Um, yeah. The Lebowski, I mean, it speaks for itself, man. I went, I've only gone one time and I saw Shrek uh, probably <laughs> six, seven or eight years ago. I loved it. I thought I was going to yeah, hate but- it. I uh, just loved it. So, how about that? You getting out and about going to see some uh, live shows. Just is, right, is right the road. Might as well. I'm not in a wheelchair. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, this is what happens when he's actually retired. You know, exactly. he's allowed, enjoy a show. You know, um, I wish I had, you know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, this is going to sound like a made up story. It really is. Oh, it's boy. Not, here we go. Um, I feel like I hate doing this. I hate doing this segment in this catch up. Because I feel like people think I'm like BSing on some of this stuff, and it, I just—it just this is the weirdest one yet. So just just buckle up, real quick. Okay. So, I'm my girlfriend calls me and she's driving home from the grocery store, has groceries. So she calls me basically, like, hey, I'm gonna be there any minute. Can you help me with the groceries? I'm like, sure, great, no problem. Uh, in the meantime, I'm like, oh, she's gonna be here like five minutes. I'm just gonna go clean out my car. I'm just gonna clean out my car and take care of that. So as I'm out there cleaning up my car, it's probably seven o'clock at night. It's dark out. I'm cleaning my car out. I open up my garage door and I'm kind of just running stuff back and forth to the trash can in my garage. I have the light on in the garage as I'm kind of moving back and forth, you know, three, four minutes. I'm just doing busy work. My brain's shut off. Uh, I'm just walking back and forth. When I finally head back into the garage, all of a sudden I hear in the creepiest voice I've ever heard in my life, literally yells at me. Hey, why did you hurt my cat? I literally like the, the the three seconds of pure fear I felt in this moment. It was like I wish I could replicate it. The ultimate drug. It was like it was like I was on the front lines of war. It's kind of how I felt how scared I was. I flip around as quick as I can. There's this little old lady, apparently my next door neighbor. I didn't know it at the time, standing there like with the biggest meanest scowl on her face. And I'm like, I said, like, yeah. And I stand her. I'm like, I didn't touch your cat. Like, I literally have a cat. Like, I wouldn't hurt your cat. After like kind of talking her off the ledge for a few minutes, finally she like kind of calmed down and realized, like, no, I didn't mess with your cat. So finally she calms down. In the meantime, I'm hearing like this meowing in like the faint distance. And I'm like, oh, this is like her cat or what her outdoor cat that I see running around all the time. Calico cat. One's called Tootsie One, one's called Tootsie Two, apparently. For reference. <laughs> very, very so creative. Hearing, very so creative. I'm hearing meowing. Finally, I'm like, dude, I think that's coming from my house. So I sure enough, I sprint inside. I'm like, I hear meowing coming from upstairs. I run up, run upstairs. My cat has literally like tangled his arm into the blinds and oh, is like literally like like a ventriloquist dummy is like tied up, or not a ventriloquist dummy, like a godfather dummy, whatever you right, would right. call that. Yeah, is all tied up. And I'm literally like freaking out. I'm like, dude, I think he just broke his arm. Like the way he was laying and the way he was freaking out and like squirming. I'm like, dude, he just broke his arm. So I pick him up. And luckily, my girlfriend finally pulls in. I'm like, I yell to her down the window, like, grab the scissors, run up here and cut him loose. She runs up, cuts him loose. And he was totally fine. 
So anyway, so this old this lady, my next door neighbor, still down there, kind of standing, just like watching. So I finally <laughs> go back down. Like I talked to her for a few more minutes, end up letting her into her house, and everything ended up being fine. But I tell you what, ever since then, I've been like kind of looking everywhere I want to. Like every step I take outside, I'm kind of looking over my right shoulder, looking over my left shoulder. The way that genuinely scared the absolute shit out of me is something that I'm never gonna forget. Like I was literally out in my garage this past Sunday kind of dusk like six o'clock just kind of cleaning up some of the cardboard boxes i have out there i kid you not like i felt like a shiver down my spine and i just like whipped my head and looked out the window i could have sworn she was like staring at me so i don't know man it's there's really not much to the story other than that she just scared the absolute piss out of me and accused me of like murdering her cats basically but it's doing some serious damage in the long term of this house like i, I had to stay here by myself the other night I'm like hearing creaks and I'm like, dude, she might be in this house. She was so like kind of off her like rocker that like, it's really not that crazy to imagine. Like she might forget where she's at one day. Next thing I know, she's in my like, you know, living room and she's got a knife or something. Lizzie so Borden. I don't know. Just, it's a little terrifying, but uh, it ended up being okay. And she seems nice, but like I said, really creeped me out. And I don't think she be, meant to, but it was bad. It's going to be great one time when it's dusk or, you know, getting dark and, you go, you know, your blinds are open and then you walk up to the window to shut the blinds and she's just standing there yeah, in your front yard and just like looking at you, you know, one of those kind of things. <laughs> can't, can't wait for that story. No, so, it's, but, uh, yeah, what, what happened to the, like, what happened to the cat? Yeah, I wondered that back? too. Her, He's okay. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how he got his arm tangled up. No, 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 not your cat. Her the, cat. The lady's cat. I, like, she thinks that you heard it. Apparently it's... I, to be honest, I was having a hard time, like kind of following what she was saying. So it was something like the the leg got shut in a garage door, but it wasn't my garage door. But, but she, she thought you did it like she thought I had like two roommates that were guys. Like, so like I said, it was just like it was a confusing conversation that I'm not really sure there was any real like cohesive thought to it. So I wouldn't put too much thought into it. But apparently something happened to the cat's leg, had to get taken to the vet. Now it's all better. Um but yeah, it she just wanted it, you to pay the vet bill is what it comes down to. I don't know. It was the weirdest. Like it was like a 180. As soon as I said I had a cat, she like had a smile on her face. Everything was good. It was just, it was. Creepy. And then she watched you save your cat's life up right. in the blinds. Yeah, I'm a hero, man. But it was like, I kid you, like it's, it's, is it weird that like now I'm like not comfortable, like walking around at night? Like, I feel like, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Prisoners yeah. at the end. It's just like the wind is like whistling at the very, <laughs> that's like kind of how I feel. It's like the wind is whipping and like people are watching me. That's kind of, or she's watching me. That's how it feels now. Maybe, maybe what, she came real, into your life for a reason. She came into your life to make you more aware of your surroundings. So now, maybe. now you've now you've got your head on a swivel because of this little lady that thought you heard her cat. Do you, do you guys know what what I what I say like that like pure fear like oh, that yeah. feeling when all the top of your head? I mean, we don't got to spend twenty minutes talking about it. What's the one time you guys have kind of felt that true like what the fuck I'm like die feeling like a fear. I mean, the, the one that comes top of my head is I've, I've probably, if I thought about it, I could probably think of some others, but a similar thing, Ted, you've maybe had this happen to you when you had little kids, you know, mm -hmm. when you're in the dead of sleep, pitch black in your house, middle of the night, and you don't hear any creaks, you don't hear anything. You just all of a sudden kind of slowly wake up. And one of your kids is standing with their face this far away from you, just staring at you. They're just like, oh, God. and you know, they're just like, I have to go to the bathroom. You know, I, I need help back to sleep. And you're just like, oh, my. And yeah, all of a sudden your heart's racing. And you're like, oh, yeah. I can't go back to sleep now. I can't go back to sleep. 
those yeah. those come to mind. That's happened a few times. The, definitely. I, the one time I, I think I might have shared this story one other time on this podcast when I was in high school was at the movies, the drive-in movies, and we had climbed up like forty foot high up in a tree, and I took one step too many, and the branch broke, and I went head first down towards the ground, and in that in that couple of seconds, you know, my life flashed in front yeah. of me. Terror, I was terrified, and I was saved by a bunch of vines at the very bottom. I was, my hands were like two foot off the ground when I when I landed. My buddies had to help get me out of the out of the vines, but I was straight down 40, 50, <laughs> 50 feet. Wow! Yeah, wow. That's like so, out of a like Mission Impossible movie or something like yeah, it doesn't that. Sound real? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it really happened, and you know, and I'm not kidding you. It was it was one of those things like it was, you're kind of in slow motion, you know. Yeah, right. It was, it was bizarre, but I was terrified. That's that's, the, that's one just popped Ted, into my head. You might be. What advice would you have uh, dealing with? You know, I mean, this is right up your alley, man. I mean, yeah. an old she's uh, probably 20 years older than you are, maybe more right. than 30. What advice would you have with dealing with a potentially crazy older neighbor? Never really dealt with that before. She probably isn't. She, I'm, I'm guessing she's just maybe an, a lonely old lady. If she's got two cats and they're both named Tootsie, I mean, that gives me a little <laughs> clue right there. My advice, just for what it's worth, I would just totally befriend her. You know, you yeah. see her in the neighborhood, you know. Make her some her Christmas cookies or something. Yeah, 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 something like that. Be kind of cool. Yeah. And then, then all that fear of her coming in the house with a knife probably is going to go away. Yeah, I don't know about that, but maybe. <laughs> well, let's face it, Jared. I mean, we've heard your stories before. I mean, you had that deep-seated thing going on anyway with fears, uh, fear of darkness or in the basement or whatever. So now that you're living on your own, when you're there by yourself in a creaky old house, I, I could see I could see some things happening. There was just something sudden, about, I don't know, it's like just how, like that, like, th- like I said, like I felt like those three seconds of like when that was when she yelled yeah. like into this garage and I'm my back turned and I didn't know anybody's anywhere near me like she snuck up on me like right. that feeling is something that just I don't think I could forget man yeah. and now it's like you just you find yourself seeing ghosts essentially as you're yeah. walking around this place at nighttime you're gonna you're gonna invest in ring cameras and put them at every possible corner of that house aren't you yeah <laughs> If I had the cash, I would. Believe <laughs> me, a, it would make me feel maybe sleep a lot better. Yeah. Anything in your world, Matt? I mean, no, just got got Jared done with uh, us every week. Yeah, just got done with uh, my mother-in-law was in town for the weekend, five days, four or five days. So, um, got to do that, and we got to have a. Uh, she she came to visit anyway, but it mm. kind of worked out because my wife's office Christmas party was this past Saturday, and. It was at one of the doctors, one of the midwives' houses here down down in Charlotte, one of the suburbs of Charlotte. So, just an incredible, I figured, huge, amazing house. I mean, I haven't been able to go. They have these Christmas parties every year, and the doctors in her office kind of rotate whose house um, it is. I haven't been able to go yet because of either work or I had to watch the kids or something. So it worked out. My my mother in law was here, so we had a free oh, babysitter, um, so I could go and. I mean, I'm telling you, this was a custom. I, I ended up, I talked to the the midwife. I've talked to her husband um, quite a bit. And he was telling me, he took me on a tour of the house. And <laughs> it, they, it was a custom built house. It had, you walk in and it's the living room. But then they have the whole wall of the living room is doors. So you can slide it all open ah, to nice. the outside oh, yeah. where it's a custom pool. 
with waterfalls, with like little like charcoal rock, like fireplace things in the pool. And so it's just, and they've got TVs everywhere. So like, you know, if you're watching football or whatever, you can sit there just on a beautiful day with a, your whole house is just open. Nice. The house, the, the pool has like a screened roof. So it's actually kind of indoors, but you know, it's all screens. So right. it's, you know, you don't have to worry about bugs or, you know, right. whatever. So, awesome. and obviously the food was just incredible, huge spread yeah. drinks and everything. So it was an amazing, amazing night. It just, <laughs> it was one of those where you just like walk around and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> you just feel like you're staring at this house the whole time, but it was a good time. Well, it got your holiday season going in the right direction yes, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, uh, let's keep it moving, fellas. Let's have our prep spotlight uh, presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. We'll talk with Sam Ali right after this. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, let's get the prep spotlight going this week. As always, brought to you by our friends at Jacobs Insurance and the veteran of the prep spotlight now, <laughs> Sam Ali oh, yeah. from Mid-Michigan Now, sports director over there. Um, definitely go give him a follow if you want to keep up on all area high school sports and among other things. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter, Facebook, all the all the socials. Thanks for joining us again, Sam. Always a pleasure, guys. There's more nonsense on my social media pages than actual uh, info, so uh, you're you're never going to be bored. Well, the the nonsense is enjoyable. I'll I'll say that. But uh, you know, we gotta. It's the holiday season, so let's put a bow mm-hmm. on something that we obviously were following heavily, and you were also. And you know, again, I we gave you a shout out on Facebook. You and Brandon Green over at ABC Twelve. Honestly, though, you guys both, among some other um, local news outlets, crushed it following the Corona Cavaliers football team, not only just the playoff run, but, you know, the whole season. So, honestly, I just want to give you another, you know, kudos to everything you guys did following our Cavaliers all the way to Ford Field. It was, I mean, there was that moment um, right after the National Anthem 
where us on the sideline just kind of looked behind us <laughs> and it was just the entire town was <laughs> there and to see the the disparity for lack of a better word between the fans on the corona side and on catholic central it was just it was just unbelievable to be a part of that and you know they stuck with them the entire season so why not see it through to the end um un unbelievable support from 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 Cavs nation yeah well let, not not to use my corny christmas pun too much but let's let's put a bow on that whole thing uh recap maybe just your experience you kind of just did your experience at ford field covering corona but then maybe you know your your thoughts on the game you know you, they they hung with catholic central like like we were just talking about and you know obviously catholic central pulled away you know in the end but kind of just your all-encompassing recap of Corona's historic run to Ford Field and then the game at Ford Field. Um, absolutely nothing to, to you know, hang their heads uh, for. I mean, it's, it was a, a two-score, a two-score, you know, game, a two-score deficit at the end of the day when there are so many of these other games that are just complete blowouts where one yeah. team just seems to be severely, uh, you know, overmatched. Uh, definitely wasn't the case, and coaches always point to the experience for a lot of these guys to even be there, for to be there for this whole entire playoff run. And we do know because of um, these big leads that they would jump out to that a lot of those players were getting some run in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. So they, they it wasn't just sitting on the sidelines. So a lot of experience. There's going to be a lot of guys, uh, the juniors. Um, a guy like Bryce Eddington is going to be coming back with that experience and being able to ask his brother, Jaden, what was it like and how to get the mental aspect of things. So it's not a situation where it's like, oh, no, how are we going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, recapture this magic? It's totally possible. The experience factor is something a lot of people have to take into consideration. And of course, when you got Steve Herrick delivering these <laughs> Uh, post-game um, uh, speeches. I mean, you would want to run through a brick wall for that guy. Yep. Uh, one of the events uh, that you've kind of been covering that I thought was really cool, I actually saw you there, said hi, um, Monte Morris's jersey retirement at Flint Beecher uh, a couple Fridays ago against Goodrich. Um, what, what was that event like covering? And, I mean, me personally, when I saw it, I thought Monte Morris was really touched. Is that kind of the same opinion you had of that whole event? Yeah, he's, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who, and in speaking with his teammates, former coaches, just a guy who did not like the spotlight. And he was just like that. When you see videos of the state championships that they won, it's all the other guys in the front holding up the trophy and everything. And Monte's just in the back. He always like, enjoyed being in the back instead of, you know, this guy's Mr. Basketball. Still just wanted to lean back. But I feel like as the years go by, he realizes what his, um, like his what he needs to do he needs to be in the forefront the spotlight needs to be on him to be able to show um what can come out of the flint area beecher he realizes that it's his responsibility now and he even said that when he got traded to the pistons that now he feels like there is uh, more opportunity for him to be a part of the community and to be coming to these events I even tweeted it out. We might not have that Jersey retirement ceremony if it wasn't for the Pistons trading for Monte Morris. And he was, it's like you said, he was really emotional. The most emotion he got was when they named that day, December 1st, 2023, 
Monte Morris day. That's when he really got choked up. And it just shows you how much uh, that day meant to him. Yeah. Well, it was a great event and and you covered it excellently. Uh, You know, and we got the winter season coming up now. I'm sure you're keeping an eye on certain stories in the winter sports campaign and maybe some of the behind the scenes stories that really are, are neat features. You got anything you can clue us in on a little bit? I think the most interesting thing, I don't know if it's just this year or something, but a lot of transfers, a lot of kids, whether for whatever reason it could be, you know, you know, mom's got a new job or, you know, dad had to do something. So for one reason or another, um, and the, the, two, the two biggest ones that really stand out to me on the boys side, uh, Amarian Blythe, who was on Hamity, and now he transferred over to Davison. And this guy is just an athletic freak. I saw them in the game against Saginaw. Davison didn't come out on top, but the guy is just, he was, you know, that guy in the background for Hamity. And all of a sudden he would like drop 18, 20 easy. And you'd be like, oh my God, who is this guy? And I believe he's still just a junior. Uh, He's going to be doing some really crazy things. And on the girls side, which everyone has been talking about, is the Smith sisters who transferred from Lake Fenton over to Powers. uh, Kendall Smith, sophomore one of the best guards in the state um her ability to create space is unbelievable guys this step back that she has is unbelievable and her sister amaya one of the best defenders in the state all of the sudden powers has a contending team with these two sisters um it's it's gonna be crazy when you still find out you look at these rosters and you're like oh my god where did this player go oh my god he or she transferred here and there Everything's kind of up in the air. I couldn't even tell you who would be the favorite in in boys or girls basketball this year. One of those teams that's really, really good, and this score actually really surprised me, is Saginaw Heritage. They just killed Goodrich about Battle of the Unbeatens last week. Uh, There's a big matchup potentially coming up next Tuesday in a week from today, potentially Battle of the Unbeatens again, Freeland uh, and Saginaw Heritage. What have you seen from Saginaw Heritage and what has impressed you the most about them? And finally, will you be potentially at that game next Tuesday, Freeland and Saginaw Heritage? Absolutely. I mean, if it's, <laughs> if, it, if it's one of those, I mean, Heritage, what I feel like is uh, uh, something that you guys are going to be seeing a lot is the carryover from fall sports into winter sports. I think it's a real thing. When you see success on the football team and then some of those guys show up, and all of a sudden, the basketball team is playing really well. Heritage, uh, talking with Tyler Odie, he said that. He said that he was kind of motivated when he saw Braylon Isom breaking all these records and doing what he does. They get motivated. I believe their volleyball team also had a really good season, too. So you can see that motivation. But with talking with Tyler Odie, he said, I mean, you know, teams are trying to key in on me, key in on, on Braylon. So we need other guys to step up. And when they continue to have that experience, you can have sophomores have big games, juniors. It doesn't necessarily have to fall all on the seniors. And that's the biggest thing that's going to be part of their success if they want to do the same thing that the football team did during the fall. Yeah. Yeah. You always see that it, a class goes through and they have success in really all seasons. If they have athletes that play three sports, all of a sudden they're knocking off camp, conference championship after conference championship. It's it's almost like you can you can tell this is going to happen. I see some highlights that you post on Twitter off the hardwood. I see bowling, hockey and, you know, some other sports. Why don't we give some love to some of those athletes? What are off, off the hardwood, not non basketball storylines that you're kind of keeping an eye on this winter? 
Um, I do. Okay, let's talk bowling. All right. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jenna Fajolik from Fenton, perfect game. <laughs> and it's, I even, I was like, in talking with her, I'm like, do, do you get a vibe? Do you get a feel of it? And she was just like, oh, you know, once you get like that, that third, that fourth, that fifth, that's when you start to kind of right. feel it. And it's kind of, I asked her the question that a lot of sports fans ask was about, you know, the thing with like a perfect game right. or like, do you talk? Don't talk yeah. about you, know, you don't talk. <laughs> it's the same thing. She yeah, said, yeah. no, one, no one talked to her. <laughs> they just left her alone and just because they didn't want to jinx it. So she's just going there, rolling and then boom, 12th strike. Everyone goes nuts. She's a senior too. So what a cool moment yeah. for her on the hockey side. Everyone is going to be gunning for Powers Catholic, defending state champions. Um, and it seems like they're well equipped because they had a lot of juniors that were playing so well. And now they're coming back. And now, you know, the the, the hunter becomes the hunted right, right. kind of a thing. But they're well equipped for another deep run as well. I don't know. Maybe the Chargers went back to back. I hope so. I, I, I the, the better they play the longer we have to work and we have to cover these moments. You know, kind of a follow-up on that as well, looking at the other sports. You know, you're a one-man band there, and you brought up the social media thing. Is that where you're finding that you're be able, able to, like, pacify certain different sports? You know, because you, you can only cram so much into the highlight show. Absolutely. It's just, like, there's there might be um, a, an interview that we do, and we capture, like, a very special moment I'll give you the a best example that um, the Saginaw Davison game that we covered. We'll do our usual highlights. We'll talk with the players afterwards and do our post game. But there was that moment in the game where uh, T uh, 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 J Stevenson, the uh, the junior, cramping up. Dude's cramping up. They go, hey, give him some oh, Gatorade. Yeah. Give him this, and he's going in and out, in and out. And all of a sudden, it went from a double digit lead to all of a sudden Davison's got a one point lead, two point lead. I'm, I hear this guy is yelling, give him mustard, give him mustard. And I'm like, Who's this guy? And then turns out that was his dad. And his dad gave him a, went to concessions, a bottle of mustard. And this guy's just chugging it. And it worked because he instantly wow. goes back in there, scores a bunch of points in the fourth, and Saginaw ends up winning the game. Something like that, you you want to get it out. I don't want to wait until the next day. Yeah. So I post that one separately as just like a hilarious side story of just, you could even hear in my disbelief, I'm like, dude, you drank mustard? <laughs> Must? And he's like, yeah, my dad gave it to me and all that that's the best way to kind of capture these like side moments yeah, that yeah. happen within these games that's that's just the way you got to capitalize on social media i know you were you were posting a lot you mentioned steve herrick with corona football you were posting a lot of his speeches and some you know other interviews and stuff like that because right there might might not be time for those in your highlights in your your show but yeah that's the stuff that blows up on social media i mean you probably gained a few followers after that Corona playoff oh, yeah. run because oh, yeah. all everything you posted, Corona football was Shared just spreading wildfire. wildfire. <laughs> it's usually it's usually like that. Like I'll yeah. I'll post something and then there's just some of those communities and it's I'll be honest, man, it's those smaller communities who really yeah. appreciate it. Another one, uh, Millington. I feel like every time I really? post something about Millington, they're just so appreciative of that. And then the next time we see them at a game. Um, you know, the, the, I had some people at the, at Ford Field kind of, you know, waving at me and kind of thanking, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it didn't, you know, the game didn't end up being the result that they wanted, right. but they were just so appreciative because I'll say this, I've said it a hundred times, I'll say it a hundred and one times. 
at the end of the day, if we don't cover these teams, us, the local, whether it's TV, print, radio, if we don't cover them, no one, no one's going to cover right. them. No one's going to know their stories. So it's just an added responsibility. There's so many times, guys, where I'm just like, ah, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm in this market. What's the big deal? You know, ah, yeah. whatever. But, and then I post something and then like either a grandparent or a parent or an uncle they'll send this email, long email of just, thank you so much. My son, my daughter, oh my, they could not believe that you did this, that you talked with them and everything. And you just realize, man, just like the, the responsibility that we have with it with, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm just like, man, it just forces me to like, I really got to take this seriously because the people, they just, they care so much. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good lesson to learn. You know, I've, I've heard that in my career as well, when people come up just out of the blue and you just, you know, you, it just kind of blows you away. So you always got to be on your toes and know who you're talking to. Before we let you out of here, Sam, uh, holiday plans. What do you got going on for the holidays? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'm part of the, I'll, I think I'm going to, I'll have the whole like week of Christmas off. Nice. Um, I think it's just kind of, you know, I mean, I lived, it's not like when I, well, when I lived in Duluth where I was, you know, so far away and stuff, but now that I'm like an hour away, um, and I just go home to, um, down to, to Dearborn, mm -hmm. it's like an hour drive. So it's right. like, I don't miss anybody anymore. So it's not like, Oh, I haven't seen my mom and dad for so long, but, um, just kind of like floating around, I guess, kind of getting ready for, uh, the, uh, the uh, national semifinal. That's pretty oh, yeah. much what I'm going to spend my week doing. All <laughs> right. Well, well we can't of... let you go without a comment about that. Then lay it on, lay it on it for us here. I, given the the re, I really think, and everyone has their own interpretation of like body language and stuff like that. I really think Michigan was hoping to get Florida State, mm -hmm. and when they saw Alabama, it was kind of a shock to shock. them. Um, it's not the Alabama of old. I right. would say that it's a definitely a down year, but I do believe in destiny. I do believe in fate. I think this is just Michigan's year. I think yeah. this is, if they, if they get past Alabama, I think this is the national championship. I think the Rose Bowl is the national championship. Yeah. In my opinion, I think, I think they pull it off. I think, I think this is the year, this is the year they do it. And then whatever happens with the NCAA and all the investigations and everything, it all doesn't even matter anymore. That's yeah, right. It doesn't matter. We, we all know Reggie Bush won that Heisman. Who, yep. who cares if he I actually know, I'm has telling it. you, I hate that. So uh, vacated wins and uh, that and whatever. stuff. It's like, we were there. Yeah. We know. We know we Louisville know. beat Michigan in basketball too. Uh, yeah. We don't want to bring that one up. No, I know. Oh, man, that stinks. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm kind of with you though. I think, you know, it's, it's such a huge mental hurdle kind of like Michigan finally getting over that Ohio State hurdle for Jim Harbaugh. If he could beat Nick Saban, oh. if Michigan could beat Alabama, even if this is a touch of it. I mean, they're still in the playoff. We call it a down year for Alabama, but they still won the SEC. But I, I totally agree with you. I feel like the experience the Michigan has, they've been there for two years. Hopefully they've learned something. You know, this, what people this has don't to be know the, is that the, criti the criticisms and everything that's been going on. You're making a team who has been ranked in the top two all year, making them feel like an underdog. I think right, that's right. been the biggest mistake of any opposers of Michigan is just right. you're giving them more feel. You're making them play with a chip on their shoulder. Stop giving them, <laughs> feeding them, making them feel like they're victims. And so I love it. It's a team that has been one of the best for the last 
three to four years. Right. No, keep, right. keep doing that. Keep doing yeah. that. Do it. No, do I, it. Before we get you out of here, I know we, we got to let you get, get to the rest of your night. Before we started recording, we, we were kind of talking about the Lions a little bit, and you were absolutely disgusted with the thought of Ted going, planning a Vegas trip to see them in the Super Bowl. Are you like out? Is this, are they going to waste away the division lead? Or you think they're still going to get to the playoffs, but then it's a one and done? What's your vibe on the Lions? I would say it's it's looking like that the division is so bad that they're just going to stumble into uh, a, a division championship, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to the matchup, uh, when it comes to the, the playoffs, who they're hosting, I mean, the, if they could somehow, I mean, if the Vikings maybe make it, they'll, that's probably their best bet. But if anyone with an above average quarterback faces them, yeah. it's, I don't know, like they need to be like everyone talks about, oh, the NFL is rigged and all that stuff. They need to find a way to rig it where they don't <laughs> host the Cowboys. Yeah. Don't let that yeah, happen. Not gonna be good. If that happens. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen, but you're you're supposed to be playing your best football right now, and they're like just going, going in the wrong direction. Hundred yeah. percent. All right, Sam. Uh, we'll let you out of here. Let our listeners again know best spot to to follow your action. I'll be on Twitter at Sam Ali Sports, and uh, also on uh, the the TikTok as the kids. Oh yeah. Okay. Sam Ali Sports over there. More nonsense and, uh, and memes <laughs> and stuff like that, and also on Facebook. Uh, Sam Ali Sports. Uh, you can follow me on all of those social media platforms. I call it, by the way, I call it Twitter. It's not X. It's not Twitter X. all the way, baby. Twitter. <laughs> Amen. All right, Sam, have a great holiday, great Christmas and New Year's, and we'll check in with you in uh, 2024, my man. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All awesome. right. We'll be right back with a little bit more on the Prep Spotlight right after this. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Ensure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys. uh, Great stuff again, as always, from Sam Ali. Love talking with him. He's got energy. He's he's a great (laughs) addition to the mid-Michigan area for sure. Talk a little bit more high school sports, though, and we'll just jump right into high school hoops in boys basketball. Corona dominated Owasso 65-23 recently. Braylon Social led the way with 18. Chesanine's going to have a good season this year. They beat Duran 61-56 in overtime. Mason struck 27 for the Indians in that one. Another team that's going to have a, a, a solid season now, officially a part of the Central Michigan Athletic Conference, Perry. They defeated Saranac 60-40. DJ Jinx had 23. We know Langsburg's going to be good. They uh, down Portland St. Patrick 70 to 53. Xander Woodruff put up 26. The All Stater hit for 39 earlier in the week, passing a thousand career points and a big CMAC win at Kawama Westphalia 59-55. I mean, it's good. I, I, I was t- we were talking off air, and Freeland has a big matchup coming down the road against Langsburg. I think it's on a Monday night. That that's going to be a good test for the Falcons and the Wolfpack to see where they're at at this stage of the season. 
Yeah, it'll be a really good game. I mean, that's I don't believe that game's until February. So I know. it'll be a nice little primer right before March Madness. Um, you're going to be out of town in Vegas for it. But uh, like I said, I threw it out when we were talking to Sam Ali a minute ago. I mean, there should be a damn good game. As long as Freeland handles business, they have a big game tonight against Mount Pleasant, against a bigger right. school. But uh, at the very least, I mean, they should be going to that game with just one loss. And, and Heritage, two Division One players. Freeland's already got two players with Division One offers. So wow. four Division One players on a Class B court. Uh, you don't see that every day. So should be a fun yeah. matchup. Young John Fattel, the head coach of the Falcons. Uh, on the girls' side, Owasso beat Corona 47-29. Scotty Ball duly had 19 for the Trojans. It was Durand over Chesanine, 56-33. Taylor Carlson had 19 for the Railroaders. Ovid Elsie, that's probably the girls' team to keep an eye on in our area, along with Owasso. Owasso's got a fine team, but Ovid Elsie downed Lakeville 63-20. to Evelyn Cole had 15 for the Marauders. Pretty much everybody's returned to OE, who went uh, 20 two and five last season before losing in the quarterfinals and uh new lothrop down montrose 66 22 caitlin wendling had 16 a couple other uh, sports of note fellas in wrestling duran went five and zero at the dansville invitational to improve to seven and zero on the season boy i'll tell you what duran's had a long time a solid wrestling program for sure. Mm-hmm. And New Lothrop, who, nobody has a better program than New Lothrop. Jack Kohanic went 4-0 at the Howe Highlander Classic to win the 165-pound weight class. And then swimming and diving, uh, the Owasso boys won the Swartz Creek Relays. The Trojans took home first-place honors in five events. So that kind of gets you up to date where we're at in high school sports. Just uh, looking forward to another great winter season as I've eased into retirement. It's kind of <laughs> nice last Friday night, sitting on the couch, tuning in periodically to hear Joe and Casey. It was kind of it was kind of relaxing to tell you the truth, guys. Yeah, you get to actually enjoy your weekends a little bit. Not not yeah. that you didn't enjoy calling the games. I know you did enjoy that, but you know, there's still a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it was the commitment, you know, after 40 years, it's it's the every single Friday commitment right. that really gets you in the I, long haul. I bet you missed the, uh, you know, like hour and a half, you know, total time of work compared to the three and a half hour football games and getting paid the same. I, I bet you missed that part of it, though. Yeah, yeah, it is a little easier on the on the vocal cords and everything else in basketball. It is a definitely a quicker evening, but that's that goes with the territory. Indoors too, you don't have to deal with bad press boxes or anything like that. You're... No, just bad Verizon signals sometimes yeah, in the true. gyms. That's the other thing, you know. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh let's jump right into some other sports right after this from our sponsors. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. 
When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is Fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke-ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Durand. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Durand. Saturday and Sunday, lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Durand. Memorial Healthcare, Fast ER, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys, I've been waiting for this. I'll let you both talk about it. Let's hear it. Uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know where one of you is going to go. Maybe both of you. I don't know, but... The Lions, uh, they are struggling. There's no question about it. They're kind of limping to the end of the season. Yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I think that we've, we've talked about the defense a lot. The defense is what it is at this point. Not good. They're not going to all of a sudden magically get better, even if Gardner Johnson comes back, even if a couple of these other guys, James Houston, it's still up in the air if he's going to come back, even if um, you know, a couple of defensive linemen kind of start playing better. You know, I, I just, the defense is what it is. They're not going to be good all year. We just have to accept that, that if they win any more games, it's going to have to be in a shootout. You know, they're going to have, the offense is going to have to just get back to scoring 30, 40 points a game. And with that being the case, Jared Goff has to get back to protecting the ball. It's not me being a hater. You guys know, people who listen to the podcast know, I am not a big Jared Goff fan. But when they got off to a really good start and he wasn't turning the ball over, people were putting him in MVP conversation. People were saying, this guy, give him a contract, give him the contract extension. He deserves it. He started for a Super Bowl with the Rams. You know, everything that everyone has talked about. Once he starts turning the ball over, everything good that he does goes away because he doesn't run. We watched Justin Fields with the Bears. When the pocket starts to break down, He's off and running, getting a first down. Jared Goff cannot do that at all. Stafford could at least scramble when he needed to. Tom Brady could even scramble when he needed to. Jared Goff just doesn't want to run. I don't understand it. He's fumbling. He's throwing interceptions. I know like one was on a Hail Mary, you know, whatever, but he's throwing interceptions. So the, the point I'm trying to make is when he's not doing what was super good, what was he was excelling at, protecting the ball, He's really just a middle of the road, really, even almost a, a bottom of the tier quarterback in the league. I mean, because he doesn't excel at anything. He doesn't even throw the ball deep. I don't understand why you draft James, a guy like Jameson Williams, who's going to stretch the field, and you don't try and throw him the ball deep. They tried once last Sunday, and Goff underthrew him by 37 yards, and it was just absolutely pitiful. So I don't know. I tweeted it out. I, I don't know if he has some sort of injury. It seems like he's not gripping the ball very well. He, he doesn't, he never really threw like darts, you know, he never really threw like tight spiral lasers, but like when he's throwing, I know Chicago is cold and all that kind of stuff, but like he's throwing a lot of ducks and it seems like he's behind and it just looks really strange how he's playing maybe he's just in a little bit of a funk, but to me, like I said, defense is what it is. The only way the lions are going to do anything 
as far as, you know, maybe win a playoff game or two. Jared Goff has to get back to protecting the ball because if he doesn't, they, they're going to be a one and done. They could even possibly let the division slip away. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's still out there that they could lose this division lead that they've just had this whole season, which would be pitiful. Uh, Goff has he's been struggling. I mean, there's no there's no arguing. Uh, I mean, really, you can start and stop with the turnovers. I mean, we've talked about this TCU JJ McCarthy game a million times. He played a perfect game outside of two throws, and those two throws lost Michigan the game. Mm-hmm. Same thing with these these Lions. I mean, the first six games they had six turnovers. Last seven games they had fourteen. So they basically doubled their turnover out, but two turnovers a game now can't win in the NFL doing that. Not with a defense that's with as that atrocious <laughs> as Detroit's is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not hitting the panic button on Goff. I'm not. I'm not Ted. You know, episode one fifty eight or whatever that was, saying he's been lionized. I will maybe in a couple of weeks if he keeps this going. Right. I'm not ready to hit the the panic button on Goff. He's a veteran. He'll find he'll find his way to level. Turnovers happen. The fumbles are just more so like bizarre fumbled snaps. It's not really his fault. It hasn't been great. I want to talk about this defense for a second though. Yeah. Because my God. What are we watching? What are we watching? I, I, and I, I'm going to sound like such a hater. And I actually, believe it or not, I had one person come up to me and said, you were right about Aiden Hutchinson. Somebody came up <laughs> and said that to me at work on Monday. <laughs> you were right. Unprovoked. I didn't even say anything. Aiden Hutchinson, let's start with you. Uh, I mean, two absolute boneheaded plays in the worst possible times in that game. Jumped offsides on the DJ Moore deep touchdown. Maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Whenever you have the free play, seems yeah. like all of a sudden it, it lights up to where guys are wide open downfield. I'm not sure what it is about it. They all, the they also of- were going full out blitz on that play, and right. they had no. So there was like a multitude of things on that play. I can't tell if Aaron Glenn is doing them like a ton with no talent, or if he's just right. not that good of a coordinator. I really, yeah. I, I go back and forth on him every. Right. I like him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But any, so, but here's my problem and where I maybe would circle Aaron Glenn be like, what the hell is going on with this defense? So this third down play where just field scrambles for a touchdown, basically the play of the game. If if the Lions get a stop there, who knows? They might end up winning that game. Aiden Hutchinson decides to basically go rogue and he apologized for it after the game, but it was just so eye opening of how dumb that play was. So essentially if, if you didn't see the game third and long, Fields is sitting in the pocket. All of a sudden, Aiden Hutchinson just completely loses contain, decides to stunt like inward, not even toward Justin Fields, just like toward down the line of scrimmage is the weirdest play I've ever seen. Fields escapes around the right side, touchdown. What is Hutchinson doing? This is what I hate about this defensive line. Not only do they suck and not get any quarterback pressure at all, but they're so undisciplined. It's why these mobile quarterbacks just rip them apart because they they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. They can't keep their contain. They can't keep you know good pass rush lanes. It's it's a joke. It's like they're the worst of all possible worlds. This front seven, dear God, and we even drafted you know some reinforcements. Jack Campbell, first round pick. I know he gets rated well on pro football focus watching them week in and week out. I don't see it Uh, outside of Alex Anzalone. And this is maybe even a stretch on this entire 11 man defense. Is there anyone that you think is actually like a good above average player at their position other than Hutchinson, you know, maybe some of the obvious ones, this defense is just so underperforming on every level defensive line, no pressure secondary getting cooked by the Chicago bears or Justin Fields. My God, right. the linebackers Rodrigo is on offense now. I, I mean, yeah, what other, right. what else do you even need to know? Right. Uh, just they are three and two in their last five. I mean, if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, the bears don't implode a few weeks ago. 
mean, they're one and four in their last five. This is a fraudulent team. I'm going to say it. They're a fraudulent team. I'm not hitting panic button yet because I think as long as Jer- you got Jared Goff, who's a veteran, who's won, they're not going to go get too low. But right. my God, they look like a totally different team these last five weeks than what we saw the last basically year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you both had fair points and especially the defensive comments. I mean, there's no doubt that they got issues there and I'm not sure they're going to be able to, to work it out. So they are going to have to outscore teams. The funny thing is back to golf for a second. And again, I'm not going to be jumping on his bandwagon, but I'm also leaning more towards stick with him, you know, yeah. give him some help, give him some protection. I mean, he's, he's ranked number eight in, in quarterback uh, accuracy, efficiency. Yeah eighth not in bottom of the not at the bottom of the barrel but he does have to protect the ball there's no doubt about that so I, I don't have a lot of issues with their offense I had some issues with Ben Johnson's play calls yeah there was Can some we bizarre stuff him? yeah let's do it yeah I, I think mean, he's a little that's so that's my thing I, I'm not gonna I, I think I tweeted out that he's overrated I'm not going that far I, that was a little emotional maybe but <laughs> I do think maybe he's not, you know, people were treating him like he was the the next Andy Reid, the next Bill Belichick defense. The, he was like the Bill Belichick of offense type of right, thing. Right. And it's like, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Early in the season, you know, they were kind of clicking. The The offensive line was healthy. Play yeah, action was thing. Right. Play action was working. That's why golf was doing so well, because guys were having to the play action was working so well. Now the offensive line is banged up. So people are getting pressure on golf. And I mean, the statistics show you, you can look it up. He's, he's one of the worst in the league when he's getting pressured. I mean, oh, he just yeah. he can't move at all. It's just so frustrating to watch. But to that point, I, yeah, I don't know what I don't know if they're scared to throw the ball downfield. Maybe they really think golf is limited. That's why I wonder if he has some sort of injury because they like almost literally will not stretch the field. Every throw Goff makes is a little five yard out, a little dump to the running back. That's a head maybe. scratcher. It is. Right. Like they, they hit St. Brown, I feel like on one, maybe, or no, actually Donovan Peoples Jones on like a long, yeah. It was like a 15, 16 yard route. Other it than that, was. even St. Brown had a couple kind of weird. He, he had a lousy game, which is yeah, something I've never said in his entire career. Yeah. Especially like straight drops. He almost like he just like never drops the ball, yeah. you know, and he had a couple kind of head scratching plays. So yeah, I'm, so I'm a little, I, you know, some people think Ben Johnson is the next, like I said, like the next Bill Belichick. He's going to take over a team and be the next Andy Reid and, get him his Patrick Mahomes. He's going to win 27 Super Bowls or something. I don't think he's that great of an offensive coordinator. I think, you know, he has some cool plays, you know, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, that's fun here real, real quick though. But I know before you jump in on, on Ben Johnson, Hutchinson's third in the league in QB pressures only behind Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa, you know, probably the two best D I mean, he's ahead of TJ Watt. He's ahead of all these other guys, the other Bosa and, you know, a bunch of this, but he only has six sacks. So like Micah Parsons, 14 sacks, Nick Bosa, 13 sacks with all those pressures. And then it's Hutchinson as far as pressures, but only six sacks. It's really weird. So like, I I still think he's in, he's on his way to being uh, an incredible player. He already is obviously one of the best DNs in the league. It's so weird to see how often he's getting to the quarterback, but like whiffing on the sack. Yeah. He gets there, but I know Justin Fields is super mobile. You know, they played Lamar Jackson. I get all that. But, like, he whiffs so often on the sack, and it's so weird. It's almost like he – is he, like, out of control? Like, he gets there, and then he doesn't know what to do. And then it's so – even, like, they show so many of those super slow-mos 
where he like jumps up and misses the ball by like this much. And I'm yeah. just like, I, he's like this close to being the next JJ Watt. It's but then he's, he's also this right. I, I don't, he, he, he is kind of, I'm not out. I'm not a Michigan state fan who says he's a bust. You know, I'm right. not, I'm not like that, but he, it's like, he, he's a head scratcher. It's really strange to watch him. I, yeah. I can't, I, I don't, I can't explain the pressures and those sacks. Like you said, that's like, I just whiffing on tackles, just fundamentals. Right. I don't know what it is. I'm going to put a little nugget in your guys' brains third and long watch him. And if he does his spin move, I kid you not, it's literally one of the worst pass rush moves in the in the history of he's, NFL. He's got to mix it up. There, there was one. There was one like against what? the Bears. There was one against the Bears where literally he spun like six times in a row, and and the tackle yeah, that was what blocking doing? him, you could see. I think the tackle was laughing. He was standing there and he was just like, "What are you doing?" Man? For real, it's like he tries hard. This is what we've always said. It's like notice how every the only thing people ever talk about with what he's so good is his motor, motor, motor. motor. Yeah. He gets pressures. If you're not getting home, it's worth, it's basically, it's not, it shouldn't even be a sat. It shouldn't even be a stat. I don't even really understand it. Um, uh, yeah, we don't need to keep ragging on Hutchinson. I mean, at least he's out there playing hard, which you couldn't couldn't say that on Sunday. I mean, a lot of those guys, what the hell's going on? Um, one thing about Ben Johnson, I want to talk about one play and, and Matt, I don't want to bury this because it is important. They've had 10 different offensive line combinations this yeah. year. I mean, they're the best offensive line in, in the NFL when they're healthy. Yep. And so that's such a big part of their offense. Jared Goff, like, yeah, he's not mobile, but if you can protect him, he's going to pick you apart. We've seen yep. him do that, especially yep. last year at the end of the year when they are fully healthy, he can pick you apart. Um, so we can't, you can't brush that under a rug. That's a big part of why they're struggling. And that's why yep. they were so good at the end of the year last year. And I said it, it's because they, they were the healthiest team in the NFL the back half of last year. This year we're seeing it's like they're depleted by injuries on both sides of the ball. Yep. And these other teams, these younger, healthier teams like the Bears are starting to look better as the year progresses. Um, but Ben Johnson, my God, this was like something out of your playbook back in the 1970s, Ted. Fourth and one, their <laughs> yeah. own like 30-yard line. Yep. It was the slowest developing handoff I've ever seen in my life. Fake right, spin back to your – It's the it's the footwork I hate. It's like footwork from the NFL in 1983. I can't stand it. And teams still do it. It's like the little five-step drop to hand it off on a fourth and one with Jameer Gibbs in there. It's like, what are we doing? I don't understand their rotation either in the backfield. Gibbs is in on third and short, fourth and short. Montgomery's in on third and long as a pass catcher. It's like, what are they doing? It's like on fourth and one. I love Gibbs, man. He's explosive. Yes. I love Monty more. He, his running style, love it, man. Give him the ball on fourth and one, and even if it is your stupid little 1973 trickery handoff, he's probably still going to find a way to get it. I, right. Just what was that play call, and what is it with how they're using Gibbs and Monty? Ben Johnson, starting to scratch my head a little bit about him. I still think he's a damn good coordinator. I still love watching him call plays, but yep. not his best performance this past Sunday. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we have all this doom and gloom, you know, <laughs> and it's like the SOL – fans is what what yeah, we're all it's becoming hard. it's hard not to do that yeah, you've seen you're watching the same team we are you weren't doing this last year they are, they look like frauds no no i don't disagree but but then again try to look at the glass half full it's very difficult at this point i i will give you guys that but they're nine and four you know you got the 49ers 10 and three cowboys 10 and three only a game back of them mm-hmm. so every team goes through this look at uh, the chiefs on sunday i mean they gave that one away. They're blaming it on the referee, which I'm sick of all that stuff. But yeah. if the Lions, you know, can turn it around, get healthy, maybe win a couple games here coming down the stretch, well, you know, two wins gets them what eleven? Yeah. Would we've been happy with eleven win season right. at the beginning of the season? That's and, that's the and thing. The division. 
They got to win a playoff game. Well, they do. I agree. I agree. It's always the thing where, like, if you if you said at the beginning of the season, thirteen games in, if the Lions were nine and four, were you would you be happy? We'd all be like, yeah, yeah. of course. But now that we're here, right? We're like, oh man, yeah, we got Jared calling them frauds. Yeah. But that that's part of it too. Across the NFL, the Eagles are struggling. Like you said, the Chiefs have actually lost a couple, I think, two in a row. Right, um, they're eight and five. Right, the the Packers were starting to surge. But DeVito and the Giants just beat them on Monday night. So, you know, the Vikings were playing pretty well with Dobbs, but now they're going to basically their third or fourth string quarterback. So it's kind of happening across the NFL. Like teams are struggling. It's not just the Lions. Right. That's what we got to hang our hats on right at the moment. But go back to DeVito for a minute, man. I mean, cool how story. awesome! How awesome is, is that awesome. story, man? And his agent there with the fedora. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know, it's I know, right out of the Sopranos. It. It's you, incredible. And, uh, it's right up your alley, man. It really is. It is. I know you're loving. You, we're all loving the imagery that we're seeing. I mean, his agent—that's like something <laughs> out of a cartoon. I can't. He's. I saw an interview he did with uh, Peter Schrager. Pretty good dude. Obviously, a pretty damn good agent if he's getting yeah. his NFL talent. But uh, you, I know you're loving it, Ted, because of all the sopranos you 100%. know I mean, sopranos is making a is making a return uh or making a you know just coming back for vengeance because of tommy devito and this italian root <sighs> story in the new york giants it's awesome it's the number one story in the nfl right now i think it is yeah it's cool because yeah he, he grew up you know basically just a few minutes Jersey. away from where the giants play still lives with his parents and that you saw the pictures or the videos that um, they had like a family tailgate where they're they're serving up like chicken cutlets and meatballs and stuff like that and pasta before the Giants game yesterday <laughs> on Monday night. So it's seriously such a cool story. I mean, basically what's happening is the, the Giants gave Daniel Jones a huge contract this offseason. Right. They, they might have to get rid of Jones or DeVito. Maybe maybe the Lions will let Goff walk and they'll bring DeVito to Detroit. Oh Who knows? But. Can I say one thing that I don't understand about the just to wrap it up with the Lions? Yeah. People who are calling for Hen and Hooker, I mean, what are we talking about? Guys, Not this year. No. I Not feel like year. I've seen it. Like I just saw uh like a somebody made like an AI like edit where it was yeah. like Hen and Hooker like throwing to Sam like Sam Laporta Mont- like it's like what are we doing? He hasn't done anything in the NFL. Last time we saw him, he's a six-year NFL uh, college player and he right. tore his ACL. It's like Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. It's like right. I, I get he hasn't played well. But I, I will stand with Jared Goff, man. There's a little too much slander going on uh, with Jared Goff right now. No, this at this point in the season, unless you know, I'm I'm throwing out speculation. I have no um, actual facts behind an injury. It's just speculation. Unless there is an injury, you can't go to a backup at this point. It's Jared's Goff. Jared Goff's team. Uh-huh. You're, you're going. You're living and dying with him. And, you know, this far into the season, you can't all of a sudden be like, hey, Teddy Bridgewater, let's see what you can do. No, you can't do that unless well, unless an injury comes up. Well, let's get the thoughts on the table real quick then before we move on. OK, we know where they're at. We know where you stand on Jared Goff. <laughs> they're going to have some decisions to make. Right. What What is the decision you make today, December 12th? Today, there's future? there's there's no chance I'm giving him anywhere near top dollar. I don't know. Because there, there had been reports that he wants, I mean, deservedly so. He should ask for all the money he wants. Because I just mentioned Dan, Daniel Jones with the Giants got a huge contract, and Goff is better than Daniel Jones. So uh, if if he wants a long-term, basically, max contract, there's no way I would give that to him. I think that would handcuff the Lions. I don't think he's worthy of that. I'm not saying Hendon Hooker is going to be this next great thing, and that's why they drafted him. But – 
if if he wants that big old huge contract like a Mahomes, like a Burrow, you know, something like that, in my opinion, no, no way, no way. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what I go back and forth every week on that. I really don't know. This week, I would say I agree with what you're saying, Matt. I I wouldn't do it. <laughs> he goes and wins uh, a playoff game, but you don't want to see him walk for nothing, man. I mean, right, he's right. an asset, and and I remember you know to bring it back to the NFL draft. Remember when I threw out the idea of drafting Anthony Richardson and you guys like laughed me out of the out of the podcast, basically? I mean, obviously, Anthony Richardson got hurt. You don't really know what he's going to turn into. Right. But I really think that was the move this year. And especially seeing what they ended up doing at the draft, which is Campbell. I don't really know what he, he's been doing for us on defense. And Gibbs, who's just kind of a, you know, a nice little gadget guy to have. I mean, man, it would have been nice to draft one of those NFL uh, rookie quarterbacks and seeing what they could have done with this team with well, a, yeah, you know, but we six, can play, seven, eight weeks behind we, golf. We can play that game all the way back to uh, Tua. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I wanted them to take Tua, and look who they took, a, a washout cornerback from Ohio State. Right. I mean, they could have had Tua learn for a year while he got healthy and make their move. For sure. Point, I, you know? Yeah, so I guess they must have some serious faith in Hennon Hooker. I mean, if you take a, a quarterback in third round, we saw Jalen Hurts, third-round right. quarterback. I, they must think that he is probably the future quarterback. I don't know. I well, didn't see that from him in college. I know he has unbelievable stats, but that's right on a high-flying Tennessee offense with speed everywhere with Jalen Hyatt and, and, Hyatt and all those guys. So yeah, I don't right. know. I, I, I don't necessarily want to say he's not that guy, but if I had to bet, I would say no. That'd yeah. be my concern. You know, if, if, you're, getting, if you're just going to let Goff walk, you know, and not pay uh, a top 10 quarterback uh, salary, which is he saying he wants to be paid right with Mahomes and the others? The no, other two I, mean, or three? I, I don't know if he said that, but I mean, just his contract right now, he's making whatever, close to 40 million a year, right? Jeez. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. When, when he signed his current contract, he was the highest paid QB in the league. Obviously, now some okay. other quarterbacks have gone over that. So, you know, like the idea would be, hey, would you take a two year, three year, Okay. Discount, you know, he would still be making a lot. And he said, no, <laughs> no, he, he thinks he's proven that he's a top quarterback, especially, like I said, when you saw the money Deshaun Watson got, and we've right. seen how he's played Daniel Jones, golf is sitting here saying There's not many options, right? right golf is right. sitting here saying I started a super bowl and I turned the lions around. I, I deserve top dollar. So if he's making 40 mil, would you give him 50 mil for three? I wouldn't. No. Nope. I would rather spend that money on defense. I would rather. Well, there's contracts coming off the books. I mean, Amon Rod, you're going to pay him soon. Hutchinson's coming him. around soon. It's you're like, you're to pay, pay these guys. Yep. All like these you said cool before, drafting. Jared, quarterback, it all revolves around a quarterback. For sure. That's, but that's, I, I, that's you, the thing. Like you're, you're starting to see the league turn to roll with the rookies when you can, when yeah. you can get them on that cheap deal. That's why the bears might move on from Justin Fields. That's Not true. that he's like tearing it up, but they, they might be, cause he's, he's ready to get off of his rookie deal. They might say, cool, move on from him and we'll draft JJ McCarthy or we'll draft Caleb Williams or well, something like that. Well, let, well, let's hope golf gets it done. They get in the playoffs, they win a game, and then we'll have more interesting decisions to make after yeah. that. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, right. and, I, and I think that would be fair if he if they end up winning the division, which I still think they will, and say they do make a little noise in the playoffs, then that is different. But if he keeps playing like this, in my yeah. opinion, it doesn't justify the big yeah, deal. He, he's definitely been in a little bit of a slump. I'll give you that. Speaking of slumps, <laughs> we don't have to say much about the Pistons, but twenty in a row for God's sakes! That what a sorry it's organization. It's Did ridiculous. you go to a game? Did you go to a game? And no, a cousin, a cousin of Lana went and he took the oh. picture. I mean, can you believe that? 
an NBA no game. Uh, no one is there at all. But I will say this. They did have the uh, in-season tournament. <laughs> Matt, your Lakers won that. And yeah. I didn't really pay any attention to the whole thing until <laughs> yep. the championship game. It's awesome, and I, though. And I watched the championship game. It was great. It was yeah, fun. It was cool. Fun basketball. It was it was all it was all going to be about if the players bought in. The the format was kind of weird, you know, at first because it was only Tuesday and Friday games. Way too confusing. Yeah, at, at first it was definitely confusing because it would be like all of a sudden the teams have these weird courts, but then they're back to the normal courts for mm-hmm. the other games. So it was it was confusing, but the players bought in and you know they they took it seriously. We we see in other regular season games you got you know. Kawhi sitting out, Paul George, you know, all the superstars are doing their load management. But in these games that were in the in-season tournament, they were taking it seriously and playing. And we we saw like teams like the Pacers, you know, they're kind of a young up-and-coming team. The stars on these younger teams were talking about, this is a chance for us to prove to the Warriors, to the Lakers, to the Nuggets that we're for real, you know, because this is kind of a playoff atmosphere, atmosphere type yeah. of game. It so, was. It was cool. Yeah. yeah a, a lot of people said, you know, how how invaluable it was for the Pacers to get that experience for a young team, you know, heading into playoffs this year mm-hmm. uh, with Alberton looks like a star uh, in the making. Maybe guess. he already is a star. I, here's where I'm at with the NC tournament. It was awesome. Was it awesome because it's the Lakers and LeBron and, right. you know, they're, they were the main marquee and they won it? You know, does this work if it's Pelicans versus Pacers? Mm. You know, maybe still better than the normal regular season product, but right. uh, I don't think we would be talking about it as awesome uh, as we are right now. Yeah. Um, one thing that I will say about it is year one, we saw this with the All-Star game when they drafted teams and they tried hard for one All-Star game, you know, with LeBron and KD as the captains or maybe it was Steph. We'll see what this is in year three, year four, when it's not right. the new fun thing, when it becomes part of the every every uh, every season um, schedule. We'll see if they have the same energy and they try just as hard as they did in year one as they do in year four. That's when you really can judge this thing. But right. in terms of a year one, it was awesome. Adam Silver, as LeBron said, you know, way back when when they fired uh, the Clippers owner Gold Star for Silver, it really it really worked, and I really didn't think it would. Yeah, yeah. what I like about Silver too is. You know, he's he's open to suggestions to improve it. You know, there's definitely it's the first time out of the gate. They got some bugs they need to work out. They got some adjustments they got to make. But uh, overall, just watching that championship game, it was fun. And and you're right. I think part of the difference was LeBron. I mean, he's playing at such a high level at yeah. that extended age. I mean, got to give got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he's nudging up a lot closer to Jordan now in my book, <laughs> especially if they can make a run at the end of the year towards a championship i mean he's he's phenomenal he really is what a special yeah it's incredible going to be 39 here in a couple weeks and he's still easily a top five player in the league it's it's insane yeah. and ad good combination yeah uh real quick i want to talk about this i have to i'm sorry uh yeah. lebron's former teammate our guy juan howard michigan if we got yeah. a second to to talk about this for of course what the hell's going on? Uh, there's rumors <laughs> that he got into Who another knows? alter incident with the the strength coach because he maybe made some comment about how his son his wasn't you know eight. wasn't going to treatment every day. I mean, I said this man. I, I, another you know, I'm not trying to you know pat myself on the back. I was on this as soon as the Greg Gard Wisconsin thing happened. Yeah. 
that showed me everything I needed to know about, you know, what's going on inside his brain. Clearly, Matt, we were texting about it. You're like, he has some anger issues or something. Right. I mean, this is like the third or fourth incident. He had the thing with Turgeon or not Turgeon, uh, or is that uh, Maryland's coach? Maryland's yeah. Yeah. Coach, uh, yeah. yeah Turgeon. I was, okay. He had yeah. the altercation with him in, in the big 10 tournament, whatever that was, you know, he obviously had the Wisconsin thing with Joe Crabben off. I mean, there's something new every day with this goddamn guy and the team sucks. It, that's the worst part about it. I mean, I used to watch, Every single damn Michigan game when Beeline was a coach, they did it the right way. They were fun to watch. They scored. I mean, Jawan, at this point, I was kind of surprised to see that he's still, you know, I think he's got a 613 win percentage for Michigan, 84 wins, 53 losses. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that, Yeah, uh, honestly. But, I mean, that's with the one year with Beeline's guys that they made it to the lead eight with Franz Wagner and those guys in 2021, 23 and 5 that year. Right. It's time. I hate to say it. I, I really thought he was the right guy for the job. He was a sexy hire. That's not always the right decision. We're seeing that with Michigan State with Jonathan Smith kind of going the opposite way uh, yeah. from the whole Mel Tucker thing. It's just it's time to go. I, I mean, am I alone in that? Are you guys in the same boat? It's just time to move on to a new coach. Let Martelli take it over for yeah. the rest of the year, and let's go find a new basketball coach this offseason. Probably well, a lot of this, down to that. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is still rumors and allegations. So, you know, you got to do that, play that whole thing. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's see what actually happened when, when the facts and right. details come out. If that really did happen, and no matter what the strength and conditioning coach said about Juwan's son, you can't have the head coach in the face of the program hitting your strength and conditioning coach, even if, I don't know, I almost don't care what he said about him. Maybe you... You step aside and maybe you have words with each other or something, but you can't be having the head coach of your program physically, you know, assaulting, you know, another staff member. Um, well, like you said, I mean, it is allegations on the physical part of it. Right. Because I've well, heard the I've heard the thing that he got in his face. Right. So either way, right. if, if, if it's all verbal, then yeah. I think, you know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, Matt. I I think you're now, but I'm, I'm getting pretty close to saying it clearly. Like, I don't know if this is the answer because, you know, you said it was a sexy hire and it was kind of a sexy hire, you know, fab five, Juwan Howard, all that. But I think he was at the point in his career where he, he deserved the shot. And at least in my opinion, because he had been an assistant with the heat for a long time, Eric Spolstra and a bunch of other people in the NBA just raved about him as a coach. He actually even had some NBA coaching interviews. So it wasn't just like a out of nowhere splash hire. Wow. Who the heck is this guy? You know, Steve Nash, when he got the job with the nets and it was like, well, what's happening here. (laughs) Um, But clearly I don't know if it's a recruiting thing. I don't know if it's the way he practices. I don't know if he's just not getting the right guys. Like something is just not, clicking and clearly because it they haven't been good basically since the all the beeline guys you know kind of left yeah. so yeah, yeah. And it kind of I, I guess frust- we'll see when the details come out it was kind of frustrating to me last year we talked about it i mean you know it seemed like everything was designed to get his son into the nba and get a high right. draft pick instead of winning games along with the anger issues put those two together that's not a good combination so <laughs> We'll see if they can turn around. And by the way, you know, it's not all roses in East Lansing at the moment either. You know, right. Tom Izzo and the Spartans are really struggling to find what is going on. I mean, talent-wise, is is this team really Here. taking a step down? Are they really missing Hauser that much? Here's, here's what cracks me up, man. Yeah, the only player they lost is Hauser. 
this is a team that made it to the Sweet 16 last year. Know, Not right? a team that's like a final. It, it just, it, it's so stupid. And the state fans just jump on Izzo any chance they get. Uh, it seems like lately, within the last like five years, it seems to be this is the, the flavor of the month. Mm-hmm. Dude, this team was a Sweet 16 team last year with no real NBA talent uh, coming back. Uh, why are we acting like they were going to roll to the national championship this year? I never right. understood the preseason rankings. I never understood any <laughs> of that. Um, I mean, look at their path last year in the tournaments. Like, they beat Marquette. Marquette's best player, uh, Tyler Cole. Cole uh, I was f up his last name so i'm not even gonna say it he had like yeah. basically a broken hand he was the big east player of the year last year right struggled plus you got shaka smart coaching marquette he's got some serious tournament demons yeah that win was so over over exaggerated for what it really was yeah um and then they play kansas state in the sweet 16 which was a great game so it kind of made you feel like the team was a little bit better than they were but at the end of the day they were a sweet 16 team and right. really needed some luck and some maybe some calls in that Marquette game to even make it that far. So I, I don't blame it on Izzo. People are ready to throw Izzo to the fire, it seems like. One, you know that they're going to turn it around. They always do. I've been burned by this 15 times in my life, man. <laughs> Every goddamn year they start rough in November. They play a tough schedule. They always get it together. It's kind of the opposite of the Lions right now. They get better as the year right. goes on. Right. So I'm not too worried about that. But flat out, I think that the expectations were way too high for a team that just doesn't have that NBA star and just really was just a sweet 16 team at the end of the day, they were not a final four team. They were not a championship contender last year. So it's just time to simmer on the Izzo hate. Uh, maybe you want to agree with that, Matt. What do you think is, uh, yeah, no, I think that, I think the hate is fair. I mean, I don't think it's a fire him. He's awful. Send him off to the pasture. You know, not that extreme like some people are, but I, th- I think the expectations were fair. Because I think a lot of times when Michigan State thrives, especially under Izzo, they don't necessarily have uh, John Calipari, top five recruiting class, a bunch of top 20 draft picks. You know, it's a bunch of really good college basketball players that play Big Ten, Tom Izzo style basketball. That's a lot of his success. Maybe they have one Cassius Winston or, you know, something like that star. So and and like you said, they went to the Sweet 16 last year. Basically, all they lost was Hauser. So really... The whole team was back. Tyson Walker is supposed to be a superstar. So, you know, you have a really good team coming back. They have experience. They have guys who've been there two, three, four years. So, really, this looked like it should have been one of those Tom Izzo teams. Experience, talent. They've been to the tournament. They've got some some guards that are really good. So, to me, it is a little bit of a head-scratcher. I think it's they don't have that Tillman type of player. They don't have that dude down low that is just going to get you 15, 18 rebounds every night and, you mm-hmm. know, just push guys around. That's what Tom Izzo teams always are. You don't ever push a Tom Izzo team around. They're always cleaning up offensive glass. They're always getting defensive rebounds. You know, they're getting all those hustle plays. And this team doesn't seem to be doing that at all. No. I don't know if I don't know if they're not as close as some previous teams, you know, something like that. Um I mean, right. they're they're relying on Suzoko and Carson Cooper, man. I mean, right. you're not right. going to be dominating teams in the post with with no. with that that dynamic duo. No. Uh, one well, thing one I thought thing was, I, uh, one thing ahead. I think is a fair criticism of of Izzo is his. I don't know if it's like a refusal, but he doesn't use the transfer portal for sure. He he just relies on his recruits, which mm-hmm. works for sure. He has a track record of success. But in today's day and age, with how how many guys are in the transfer portal, 
you got to scoop up a guy or two, even just for depth. And he just doesn't seem, I don't know if he has a for philosophy sure. or doesn't like it. Yeah. I don't know. But he, he said like, it's a famous bite. He basically said like, yeah, I don't do the portal and that's probably going to come back and bite me. I just right. saw that on Twitter like a few days ago. Yeah. You look at this team, man. I mean, why they, every team could benefit from the portal. Even like you yeah. said, just adding a couple pieces, like sixth and seventh guys on the bench. It's like, what are we, why, how can you not, go to the portal it's such a cheat code I and mean, we were seeing it in football michigan it's like they're they're retooling the last couple of years in that portal every year on the offensive line tight ends it's like yep. you're idiotic if you're not doing that especially if you're michigan state and you're tom izzo go yep. get those top guys what Hell are you doing yeah. yeah well he's gonna they're gonna have to or they're gonna be left out and you know Izzo's gonna have an, a tough end to his career but i'm a little with jared right now though let's see how the season unfolds as they get deeper into the season they always do typically get better uh I, mean, real... I, I said that too yeah i i said that too you don't yeah. have to just be with jared on everything <laughs> right oh sensitive i'm with you okay i didn't say fire tom Izzo. i said I that too okay fair enough fair <laughs> enough uh one final thing fellas uh it's not really a entertainment uh segment but i i watched a flick that was pretty good it's on hulu i i don't know if you guys are ray romano fans but like uh, everybody, loves raymond. So. everybody loves raymond he's got a new movie out called somewhere in in queens uh i'd say definitely worth checking it out it's, a, it's got a kind of a basketball flavor to it his son's a, a star player in high school basketball and it's one of those rare movies where they actually look like they're playing basketball, you know? So I'd say check it out on Hulu. Basketball's tough to like replicate and make it look realistic. You know, some other sports you kind of can, but basketball usually looks pretty cheesy in, yeah. in movies. <laughs> but a pretty good, pretty good flick. I definitely would recommend it if you're looking for some some entertainment for a couple hours on Hulu. Do you so. just like scroll like mindlessly and if you any like basically anything and you just click it and watch it? You kind of seem like the type of guy that you watch something based on who the actors and actresses are. You have a certain list of guys like a Raymond Romano. Yeah. If he's in anything, you're watching it. Is, that's that, is kind that fair of, to say? That's kind of fair to say. And I actually yeah. saw him on Jimmy Kimmel talking about the movie, and, I, and you know, it caught my interest. I thought, okay, I'll check it out. I do like Ray Romano, so uh, probably. I didn't even know. I I didn't even know he was still like acting. I couldn't even think of the yeah. last thing he did. But wasn't he in um well, he was in um what the heck was that movie? It was a comedy, The Big Sick. He was in that. He's like the dad in that. That's the last he, thing I remember watching. He was in that, and I think he was in uh he was in that Jimmy Hoffa movie too. He had a oh, had a smaller part God. in that. Yeah. Um <laughs> dear lord. Hey, one thing a movie I want to throw out to you guys. I don't think any of us have seen it yet. Kind of surprising. Uh the new Hunger Games movie. It's been yeah. out for I think uh, uh, ten or so days at this point. I love yeah. those movies. I really did. I'm I'm kind of itching uh, at the bit to go and watch this new one. I've heard it's awesome. Uh, it's a prequel, kind of talking about the Snow character, who's sort of the villain uh, in the trilogy with Katniss Everdeen and that whole thing. I can't wait to see that movie. I love those movies. The idea of the Hunger Games yeah. is a brilliant. Uh, just a brilliant idea for a book and obviously movies uh, when you're watching those, those scenes where they're actually in the hunger games in those first two movies, man, it's, I put it up there with any other action movie that there is. It's, it's incredible. So I've been dying to go see that. Uh, I think we maybe need to do a three headed review of that. If you guys are hunger games fans, I'm not sure though. When, when's it coming out? It is out. It's out. Oh, it's out now. Okay. Yeah, it's been out for a couple of weeks. I've, I've heard some people who are like read the books, have seen all the movies, that said it's right up there with all the other movies you know sometimes 
these series kind of start to fall off a little bit. But right. um, yeah, I I saw like there was three already, right? I've seen the first two. Yeah, three. I don't think I watched the third one, but the it, first two were first two were great. Yeah. So. And the third one is they're not in the Hunger Games. It's like right. it's just about how she's kind of basically she's like a propaganda figure. I think that's why I really almost had like no interest because I was like, Dropped oh, so this is like a completely different. Would you movie. guys like, like you said, the, the first two and I didn't read the books. I heard the books are incredible, too. Would you guys agree that those like in those whatever it's like the first movie, I feel like they're in the Hunger Games for like an hour, hour 15. I mean, you can't take your eyes off the screen. <laughs> It's intense because uh, it's, it's definitely it's one of those movies or one of those stories. It's, it's super unique, first of all, you know, anymore with movies, you know, books, TV shows, you know, whatever. Maybe not books. There, there's a lot of different books, but TV shows and movies, they're all basically the same. It's either like a remake of something old or it's like yeah. so, so similar to other movies. It's a spinoff of something else. The Hunger Games are a super unique storyline and, and idea or whatever. And it's one of those that like when you're watching it, you're kind of putting yourself in that place you know you start kind of thinking like if this was actually happening how how would i handle it would i be good would i be good at the hunger games you know or whatever i one of those 100 agree and i mean the whole concept of it and you said there's book the books are out too based on it oh yeah the books have been out those were those were like super duper popular when i was in like middle school those were like what everybody was reading do you do you find usually most people do find if you read the book it's usually better than the movie or yeah it depends i mean i don't know about this series because i didn't i didn't read the books but i know like with with lord of the rings i remember people saying that the lord of the rings books were way better than the movies but those movies were really good so that that's kind of hard to imagine but i was going to throw out one one more quick one we're not doing like an official entertainment tonight but we're throwing stuff out so the the 30 for 30 that came out after the heisman trophy was announced this past saturday the great heisman race of 1997 so obviously the the famous charles woodson he won it peyton manning randy moss that just incredible class for the for the heisman probably never see a class like that again just top to bottom but i know one one of my coworkers, one of the girls that produced it um i've been talking to her ever since she started on the project she um she was super hyped obviously for it to drop she was one of the main producers she wasn't the main producer but she was one right, of right. the That's the main awesome. producers and um so i've been keeping keeping tabs on everything like that she she's showed me some few a few clips couldn't couldn't you know reveal everything because you know i can't do that but um so i haven't actually watched the whole thing yet i haven't had a chance to but i know it's really well done the one thing and i didn't want to give her crap you know in person they didn't interview Peyton Manning or Charles Woodson. And really, I don't think a, that I think it was like a creative choice, was it? Like, I don't think there's a single interview in the whole thing, is there, Matt? I don't think there is. There's not not a current there, you know, oh, they okay. use they use interviews from right, you know, back in '97 and stuff like that. But, um, you know, with Peyton and, and Charles, I think it was a creative choice. That's that's what she told me, and that's what the director said. The director was on the Fine Bomb show last week, um, and he, he said that, but. I think also Woodson probably would have done it. He's he did the 30 for 30, the tuck rule with Tom Brady. Peyton Manning does not like talking about this. It's, it's pretty well documented. He does not like talking about. Yeah. (laughs) So I'd, I'd be surprised if, if part of the creative choice was just not even approaching Peyton. Omaha. Yeah. So I I don't know, but yeah, I I bet it's really good. I bet. No, I can't. 
I can't wait to watch that. It's a 30 for yeah, 30s, especially man, you, especially a topic that's not like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, some soccer team from Europe, which some of the right. 30 for 30s, which are good, and there's still stories worth telling, but this is right up my alley. It's right yeah. up all of our alleys. Um, I do have one quick question for you, Ted, but before we wrap, I saw yeah. you tweet it. it I, I don't know you saw it too, Matt. It's like I didn't understand what the problem was. Uh-oh. So Monday Night Football last night, there's two games going simulcast. Yeah. You had some tweet. You didn't like how it was set up. I didn't totally understand. Oh, what I'll, I'll explain it to you. I, I tweeted a picture of the double screen, right? Both games. Yeah. I would have liked to have just watched the game. Like I was interested in the Packers and Giants. And when I happened to take that picture, they had the Giants and the Packers on the left side. And then they had the other game a little smaller on the right side. Okay. I would have loved, if they're going to play two games at the same time on the same, basically networks, I'd like to have that that option to watch both at the same time. Yeah, I could get out another TV, but you're still confusing me. I guess I don't. I, I, what is the issue? They're both they're both on the screen. They're both playing. One's bigger, one's smaller. It was just you're watching clip. them at the same time. It was just a clip. It was just I a mean, clip. They, just a clip. It wasn't the whole game. Oh, oh okay. Gotcha. They just went to it. I, th- I feel like they did that a few times. Just Couple times. Like, yeah. Hey, there's two games going on at once. Yeah. That, so Ted, Ted's saying you wish it was like that the whole time. Yeah. I yeah. see. Just I was, an observation. Yeah. I was working, but I mean the Manning cast, that looked like the, the broadcast to be watching. I mean, they had the busting the busting with the boys guys on there. Yeah. Lots of back and forth between two games. I mean, I love the two Monday night football games. I'll be honest. If I had it my way, no Thursday night football, uh, in either two Sunday night games or two Monday night games. Either way, I'd love it. Now, would you want to do it though different times, like six and eight thirty or something? I like, like that. it like seven, seven and eight o'clock, like a one hour difference. You know, okay. there's, there's overlap, maybe an hour and a half difference, seven, yeah. eight thirty. Okay. That's the perfect gap in me. I don't like it where it's one game and then the other. I like that overlap, like we saw okay. last night, especially on a Sunday or a Monday night when one's at say seven thirty, the other one's at ten thirty. Because then that that late that's kickoff, I mean, you're for sure. There's no way we're making it through that no, whole game. No, you're not. But yeah, it's yeah. A space them out so that way you got two options. Because sometimes if it's a stinker of a matchup, you're kind of like, okay, I'll watch, but I really don't care. I, I honestly, I, I've come to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are top notch. Yep. I usually watch the Manning cast though. It's just so entertaining. Yeah. They're they're I, especially when they have good guests, but they're hilarious to watch. Honestly, I went they're, the other way. I when I when it first came out, I was all about the Manning cast, but not, since they got <laughs> Buck and Aikman. I'm watching that. I yeah. do watch. I watch the Manning cast, but that's I record it and then I just check it out the next day. Yeah. One thing that uh, cracked me up, I saw a little clip on Twitter about it, is uh, they reached out to Mike McDaniel uh, to like <laughs> reach out for, like t- to talk to Peyton Manning for like ten minutes. He said, "Like, yeah, for sure, dude. You're effing Peyton Manning. Of course, I'm gonna do it." He spelled <laughs> Peyton Manning wrong. Uh, real quick, one last thing on you know, no, we're not doing entertainment. Yeah. Uh, just you guys got to watch it, man. If you haven't been in season, hard knocks. Best show. I love it. It's such an interesting team that they're following the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel. I mean, I'd play for that guy. What an interesting, just like character that is unbelievable that he's an NFL head coach and just what he wears, wearing sweatpants and sweatshirt and like a Rolex watch and Nike, you know, whatever supply shoes. It's it's wild. I just can't get enough of that guy. He's he's an interesting football coach that I'll never forget. You know, whether he keeps his success train rolling with the Miami Dolphins or, you know, like all these NFL coaches, they get fired at some point. But he's one of those guys you'll never forget what a character so i'm really enjoying watching that season uh on hbo i've seen, I've seen some clips it looks pretty good yeah i'll have to check it out all right guys i think we made it through another one definitely uh a lot going on i want to thank our partners including memorial Healthcare's wellness center sign up for a 2024 membership 15 percent off get yourself healthy and in shape get details at memorialhealthcare.org 
Also want to thank AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Special thanks to Sam Ali of Fox 66 and MidMichigan Now. You can follow him on the socials at Sam Ali Sports. Uh, our Castle Game of the Week this Friday night, our final one of this year, uh, December 15th. It's at the Marauder Gym, Ovid Elsie, taking on the new Lothar Pornets in a big MMAC battle. That's it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind out there. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.